Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stample, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's going on? Not much, Greggy. It's noon. Still the same BFFs. It is. New times, same guys. New times, same guys. If you're listening on demand, nothing's changed. That's right. Absolutely. We're, we're, we're still here. That's right. But we're at a new time every day if you're watching live on YouTube two hours earlier, which is, pretty, which is pretty cool. So we now lead into Frenzy instead of coming after Frenzy. Yeah, the only sad part is yes. we'll have to end about five or six minutes earlier. Yeah, we'll have to end about five, yeah. you know, six minutes earlier or so. But no big deal. You know, you can still catch the, the entire show live on demand. So that's cool. For sure. Yes. What's going on, Grady? How's your weekend? Uh, weekend was uh, okay. weird. Uh, weird. I had... And my auction draft yesterday, and I, I, it did not go to plan. Ooh. We're going to talk about it throughout the show today. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, Mike Leone will be on the program today, uh, coming up in about 20 minutes or so from now, because we have a brand new DFS optimizer over at DailyRoto.com, and it's not a brand new optimizer, it's just kind of redone, and there's new things added to it. It's and been- Optimized. There you go. Jerry Digmeyer gives a fantastic how-to video, which is available now on our YouTube page, of exactly what you should be doing, and Leon is going to walk you through the walkthrough. And he's going to talk to me about my auction team, obviously. That helps, too, because I'm very interested in using the optimizer as well. So oh, yeah. Obviously. I want to get all the information as I possibly could uh, to have a, a fruitful DFS season, Greggy. Yeah. All right. Um, so how was your weekend, Frank? I apologize for being rude. You had a wedding over the weekend. Yeah, it was fun. I uh, went to Andy Singleton at People's Pen on Twitter, our guy from Fantrax. I went to his wedding uh, this Saturday. It was in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. It was great. It was a really good time. Um, yeah, lots of dancing, lots of drinks, uh, food, ton of people. There's over 300 people. It's by far the biggest wedding I've ever been to in my life. But uh, that was a great time. So shout out to Andy Singleton. Uh, congrats to him. We'll have to have him on the show soon enough. Yeah. As well. Uh, and then I feel like we should just knock this out off the top for like five okay. wrestling listener watchers. Right. Uh, that are here. Probably more. SummerSlam was not good. No. 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 Was not great. I made meatballs during it, I'm, though. That, I'm was, not surprised. That, that was actually delicious. NXT was much better. NXT was awesome, man. I didn't watch the main event yet. Oh, sick. I mean, to me, the, the Cole match is still my favorite. Like, that was my favorite match of the show, for sure, because it was really, really fun. SummerSlam was weird. It was just weird. It's very long. I'm really happy I didn't go, because it's really, really long. Um, but it's fun. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. That's it. That was my whole weekend. Yep. Um, okay. So, here we go. 
my auction draft. This, today's show is going to be an auction primer, right? Like, we talk every day about snake drafts, and, and the rest of the week we'll do the wide receiver ranking strategy. Everything we do with running backs last week, we'll do it with wide receivers the rest of the week. And we have our big draft uh, on Saturday, so we'll get into that on, on Friday. But today was supposed to be my auction draft. But because people kind of changed their schedules around, we were able to do it on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. And it's a weekend. You don't have to be up late. It made a lot more sense to do it at that time. And I don't know if I wasn't ready. I feel like I was ready. But this, everything changed, dude. Everything changed. I'm so used to, and I've said this so many times, I've written it in, in a book, that you want to be aggressive early because the prices will, the prices, people aren't so excited to spend money early. So you want to get in on that first wide receiver in the tier, get in on that first running back in the tier, because everybody else is going to be higher. But that didn't happen in my draft on Sunday. Usually, a lot of people wind up saving their money and, and there's no unbelievable deals. Everybody knows I love the wide receiver threes this year, the Robert Woods tier, the Emmanuel Sanders tier. I've talked about that incessantly. We'll do it again later this week. All those guys went for nothing because nobody had the money left. So one guy had money and he swept all of them up. Usually, I'm one of those guys that have a balanced team. I'm not a stars and scrub guy, but I usually have a balanced team became very clear yesterday, very, very early, um, that that was not going to be the case yesterday. And I'll, I'll, I'm going to get into it right now. So, the first player nominated yesterday was Melvin Gordon. So, what we say? Number the 10th ranked running back, whatever he is? Right? Sure, like, yeah, I'm, he's, he's in that nine, range. Nine, eight, whatever. It doesn't matter. Eight or nine. So, and I was really happy he was the first person nominated because then it was just like, oh, he's, he's my eighth. Okay. So that was going to be a good idea. Like, my thought was he'd be a really good price because there were still seven other guys or six other guys that were available. Now, how much are you willing to pay for Melvin Gordon? Okay, interesting. How much do you think Melvin Gordon went for? Two hundred dollar auction budget. Uh, over fifty. Over fifty. Okay, is that a good price? In so he went. So he, else? so he went for fifty five. Okay. I had budgeted him in my ideal world. I had budgeted him for 50 bucks because I had the highest guys going for in, in the 60s, close to. And I thought he would go in the 50 bucks. Maybe you get a deal on him. We go high 40, something like that. Mm -hmm. So he went for 55. I'm like, whoa, that's a lot for Melvin Gordon, comparatively what everybody else will go for. The problem was everybody went for that. So everybody above Melvin Gordon in my rankings. I have Cream Hunt above him. Cream Hunt, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, El Ezekiel Elliott, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley. They all go for above Milton Melvin Gordon did. And they should. And they should I, I, that's fine. But that, they set like that auction floor. They set that floor for at the tier. At 55. at 55. So you knew that the rest of that tier and these elite running backs, and this is what, you know, people sometimes will ask us, like, how come you don't talk about auction enough? You don't talk about right. how much players are worth. You really just have to have a range, and you have to be able to adapt to your auction, right? So right. we could sit here and tell you before, say people had an auction last weekend, and Friday we came in and said, all right, you know, Melvin Gordon, we have him budgeted at around $50. Don't spend more than that. If you didn't do that, then you didn't end up with an elite running back. And I didn't. There you go. And, and, and I didn't. And that wasn't because I didn't budget properly, because, again, Melvin Gordon was the first guy off the board. So I could easily just grab another one of these guys, even if I was surprised at the price. But the fact that none of them exploded into the, not the deep 60s, but like, just, just that more people were willing to spend money than normal 
on the running back position, because there's so few running backs, I guess for whatever reason surprised me. Because quickly after Melvin Gordon was nominated, Antonio Brown was nominated. And normally the best wide receiver, I think, goes somewhere in the 60s. He was, he was third. He was the third player nominated. And as I've said many, many times, the first wide receiver there in that tier is going to go for the cheapest. I've said that over and over and over again. So I got in on Antonio Brown, right? Like, all right. I, had him, I thought he would go for 59. He was at 58. I bid. It was half PPR? Half PPR. And I got him. Antonio Brown, $58. Well, okay. Fine. Comparative to Melvin Gordon at 55, I, I would say that's a solid deal. It was fine. Solid there, deal. There, there was, it was not a good deal. It wasn't a bad deal. It was fine. Solid. It's adequate, I would say. Now, here's what later became the issue. So David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott went for 59 and 57, respectively. Again, what they should have gone for. But if I had my drawings, I probably would have rather had one of those guys at that price. Fine. It's still Antonio Brown. It's a like first-round pick. I'm not complaining. But again, he was the first wide receiver in that tier. I was interested to see what the next guy would go for. So the next guy in that tier was Odell Beckham Jr. Okay, fine. And I had figured that Odell Beckham Jr., this is three picks later, Odell would get up there. If I bet 58 for, if I won for $58 Antonio Brown, I figured Odell would go for 55 plus, let's say. He's at, 50, he's at 51. I'm like, this, is, this isn't right. So I bid 52. And I got him. Not that I was, and I wasn't bidding. I really wasn't bidding because I was trying to price and force. I said at 52 to me, Odell Beckham Jr. is a good deal. And that's why I bid on him. To me, it sounds more so like a price and force. It wasn't. It really, it really, really wasn't. I mean, based on everything you just said, right? Because you got, you said well, you yes. got Antonio Brown for what, 58? So it was, it was a price and force, but a price I was still comfortable paying. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Fine. Oh, yeah, because that, that has happened to me in home auctions as well. But, but I wouldn't have done it is, if I wasn't comfortable. The thing is, can you price and force when it's elite players like this? Which is, which is ultimately what you ended up figuring out, which it seems my, like you're going towards, yes, well, you've my, had to do a Starbird Scrubs my thought, My thought was, yeah, you could. You make sure he gets up there. And he didn't. And that was it. I won him. So I, don't, I have no problem spending, what, $110? On two players. I mean, it's $10 over my budget. But, like, fine. That's, I could switch that. Mm-hmm. It was the getting the two elite wide receivers that I didn't plan. I wanted one elite running back, one elite wide receiver, and then figure everything out, else out. Because then I, can, um, and then I can basically manage the rest of the way. But now I had to release a tight. Because, like, I didn't care about all the other wide receivers that went off the board. I needed a running back. And, again, I'm just talking about my team. And I, and I get that. I'll get to everybody else's team later on in the show. But then, Julio Jones comes up. And to me, there's four elite, elite guys. Maybe Antonio Brown by himself and the other three. There's four guys. I have, I have it set up the same There's way. four guys, I think. Yep. Julio Jones is next. He goes for 50 bucks, less than Odell. The last wide receiver out of those four was DeAndre Hopkins. I'm like, all right, this is the last one. The last one always gets pumped up. And I had walked, when I was walking into the draft, I'm like, you know what? I feel like people are, are sleeping on Hopkins. I think he's a, he'll be a good deal. He went for 50 bucks, less than Odell and less than Antonio Brown. And I'm like, damn it. That's crazy. So the, the next tier for me is Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, and Devontae Adams. Michael Thomas. And again, I got Odell for 52. Michael Thomas went for 47. 
I'm like, hmm. It's $5. Maybe, maybe it's right. Yeah. Devontae Adams, who I have arguably next. Maybe, once, maybe Keenan Allen between them. Devontae Adams, 44. And I'm like, that's a good one. But clearly people felt differently than I did. That the tier wasn't just them. Because then you had A.J. Green and Keenan Allen go off the board. Keenan Allen was last out of these guys. A.J. Green went for $52. Wow. Same, $1 less than Odell. Three, $2 more than Julio and DeAndre Hopkins. Keenan Allen, who I guess everybody felt was the last of that tier, went for $55, the second highest priced receiver. And after that, after those eight guys were off the board, then came the drop. Mike Evans was only $37. And that that was the drop right there. Again, I didn't want Mike Evans. I don't like Mike Evans. That's fine. But that price compared to who I have AJ Green in the same tier, 52 and 37, that is a huge difference. So here's I didn't see any of this what coming. I will say. Given the way everything shaped out, I think you have to feel pretty good about what you spent on Odell Beckham overall. You spent 52. Keenan Allen ends up going for more. A.J. Green goes for the same price. Yes, Devontae Adams might have been uh, had at a discount, but I think this is what we say off, often about auctions, Greg, is that clearly people knew that the end of this elite wide receiver tier, which is like, the first and second round wide receivers, really, A.J. Green, Keenan Allen, they saw the end of that tier coming, and that's when those guys got boosted up. They didn't necessarily see Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins as like the end of that elite wide receiver tier. Right. They saw A.J. Green and Keenan Allen Correct. At the, at the, as the end of that wide right. receiver tier. Here's what I'll say is, yes, I agree with you that most times you want to jump in on the first elite player of a tier, right. or like the first player of that tier that's being thrown out there. You did so on Antonio Brown. Yep. I will also say I think it makes sense to also get in on the middle of that tier too because then that's where you could have came in on like a Michael Thomas, uh, Devontae Adams, something like that. Uh, whereas I think, I think you'll agree now that you somewhat price enforce Odell Beckham, but for the prices that those other guys went for, I, I think you got him at a fair price. I, so I don't think I, it's all that bad. So I agree, I agree with that. Yeah. I think where I, if I could do it over again, instead of spending the 50, if I have to spend $52, instead of spending it on Odell Beckham, I'd rather running back. And the $52 player, here's the problem. The $52 player, the running back, was Leonard Fournette. He went earlier. And I thought he was going to be the, I thought Fournette was going to be the deal. He wasn't. He went for $52. Dalvin Cook went for $49. Would I rather have Odell or Dalvin Cook? Personally, in a vacuum, I'd rather have Odell. And that, that's me. That's, that's my preference totally, right? Yeah. I'd rather have Odell than Dalvin Cook. Every other running back, Hunt, Barkley, Kamara, Elliott, Johnson, Bell, Gurley, every one of them went for more than that $52. So I didn't see that coming necessarily. I didn't see all of these running backs going for this much. I read the market wrong, and that's completely on me. Completely on me. So those are your top 10 guys in both running backs and wide receivers. That was my biggest takeaway from this, is that I did not see all of these high guys going for this much money. Not that guys don't go for a lot of money. They do. But as I look at last year's results, the top running backs, you had the top two, Johnson and Bell, last year went for 65 each. The next highest price running back was LaShawn McCoy. He was 51. Everybody else in the 40s. Everybody else. The wide receivers. The wide receivers, which were obviously very popular last year, they went for the 60s and the 50s. I guess 
where I went wrong was that all the running backs were going to go in the 50s. All the running backs were going to go in the 50s. There were eight... There were seven wide receivers that went for 50 or above last year. Running back-wise, there were three. So that's 10 players. This year in my league, there were nine. Nine running backs that go for 50 or above. And how many wide receivers did I just say? One, two, three, four, five, six. That's 15. So five more players went for over 50, and that, that changed everything in my, in my mind. Um, there are more deals to be had. There's more players that we're going to get into. Um, in case you're wondering, that next tier of running backs for me, the, the second rounders we did a whole show about last week, Devontae Freeman, Christian McCaffrey, Jordan Howard, people saw them as a tier. Now I, as you know, I included Jarek McKinnon and Joe Mixon in that tier. Nobody else did. That tier of Freeman, McCaffrey, and Howard, Freeman went for 48. Wow. McCaffrey went for 48. Both of those guys very even in people's minds. I, was, I wound up, I had to pay for Jordan Howard. He was the last guy on the board in my mind. I paid 45 for Jordan Howard. I am not used to spending that much money on three players. That is not how I operate. I felt a little trapped. I needed one of these running backs because there was nobody left. Now, I had passed on Jarek McKinnon. I'll get to that in a little bit. Um, and we'll go over the craziest buy of the draft. We'll go through craziest non-buys of the draft. The whole deal. I know I'm talking a lot. It's it's crazy auction. I'll talk about it with Leone as well as the DFS Optimizer over at DailyRoto.com. It's absolutely fantastic. Stick around. More from the BFFs right after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I want to remind you, you can head on over to, you know what? Actually, I'm not going to remind you, because Leone's here to remind you the, the whole way. Mike Leone, DailyRunner.com. What's up, Leone? Hey, what's going on, Sussman? I was going to read uh, a read for you, and I was like, you know what? He's here. He can plug himself. Yeah, we'll plug <laughs> it. DailyRoto.com. Uh, check out our NFL package. We've got a free trial open through this week, so you get access to our optimizer. We've already done projections for week one. Of course, rough draft are going to be updated as final roster cuts get made and people win jobs, injuries happen, all that stuff leading up to opening kickoff. But we've got stuff set up right now so you can start playing around with it, get used to it. It's going to be a really great tool to help you make your lineups this season. All right, so so there you go. Leone, plugging away at the tools inside the Daily Roto package uh, for NFL here this year. Um, so I watched Drew's video uh, over the it was last week, whenever I got it, about the about the optimizer, and, and to me, what well, the best part of the video was, it was like ten minutes long, and like I'm not someone's gonna sit in for an hour and, and watch a video on YouTube, but just, you know. but like for for ten minutes, you can sit and learn how to win some money. What is the best part, Mike, about the optimizer this year that has changed from last year? 
I think, well, everything is better. I feel like uh, the, the lineups get made a lot faster than they did last year. You've got a lot more control over what you're doing last year you know was limited amount of players that you could plug into the pool this year you can plug in all the players but one of the things that i find really cool is the ability to generate groups so if i don't want to trust the op like if i don't want to just click a generic stack setting that says oh stack a qb with a wide receiver i can go and make a group and saying okay if a lineup gets made with drew Brees, make sure you use one of Michael Thomas or Alvin Kamara. And you can do all these cool groups, which if you envision the way a game's going to go, you can have, you know, a receiver coming back the other way. So they're playing Tampa week one. So maybe you want to uh, say, if I use Drew Brees, also give me Mike Evans coming back the other way for Tampa Bay. So I think that's a really cool feature to help you generate a lot of lineups that make a lot of sense if you're envision envisioning certain types of game flows. Leone, what's going on, man? Long time no talk. Uh, before I jump in on this optimizer, I want to ask, are you a fan of the Baja men? The, I, I don't know who the Baja men are. Oh, they sing the song, Who Let the Dogs Out? Who? 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 I did I did think of that. Can you hear the dog? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you, no, bring, we want to see it in the shot now. Yeah, bring the dogs bring the on dog the show. They're, it's my neighbor's dog. Sometimes they just let them out. Oh, for like, oh hour. that's a little different. That's We don't want that. <laughs> Yeah. No, never. So never. I can't. I can't bring him into the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So Leone, I wanted to. I wanted to ask you because there's a lot of things going on with this optimizer here. Again, you know, go out. Uh, go check out the video that Drew made. Um, I noticed that. You know, when looking through the players, the positions, you could sort by DK salary, by value, by points. Is there any one of those things that you specifically do when using the optimizer first? Do you just click on value first and then see like? All right, based on the Daily Roto projections and the optimizer that this guy is the top value uh, according to, you know, what's going on here. Is that something that you do? Do you normally sort by, like, points, value, DK salary first? Is that, like, what do you do first when you go into the optimizer and you're starting to make your lineups? What's the first thing that you do? I'm sorting on value right away. That's what I do. And what the value column is, is we basically have determined a threshold based on salary for how many points a player should score. So if they're, you know, $6,000 on FanDuel, uh, it, it's a, a multiplier and then a fixed amount that we use to determine how many they should score, which really isn't important. The whole, the whole idea is it takes their projection uh, and subtracts that value threshold. So you can see, okay, a value of six means they're going to score six more points than we would normally expect a player at this salary. And I think that's a really good way to very quickly capture how you're going to construct your rosters. Okay, a couple of cheap running backs are really high values this week. I'm going to go cheap there, save some money. Then maybe I'll go to wide receiver and sort on total points because I know I've got my value at running back and I can afford some higher salary just to get in the raw to total points there. So sorting on value is definitely the best way to get a quick overview, quick snapshot of what your roster construction is going to look like on a given week. Yeah, while we're talking about value, if you want to take home a GPP, what are we looking for multiplier-wise? Because uh, they normally say, like, oh, you got to, like, get three times your points. Uh, what are we looking for multiplier-wise when we're trying to, trying to take home, like, a GPP during the fantasy football season? Yeah, I mean, usually, like, in that 3 to 4x territory, you want people to have that type of ceiling. Uh, one thing we do is instead of saying like 3x, 4x, we'll say something like, you know, 2x plus 10 or something like that, because we do want a little bit of a higher ceiling for our expensive players, whereas someone who's, 
you know, say 6K on FanDuel, you might not need a 24-point ceiling. You know, 18 points uh, might get it done for you. But generally in that fashion, it's hard, though, to, you know, sometimes you get too focused on that 3X, 4X multiplier. You just want to make, you know, smart teams that are well correlated and, and, you know, you can feel the upside of each individual in the lineup. And one thing that I'm working on right now that we're going to have ready for week one, it's not out yet, but we're going to have percentile outcomes for players so you can say okay david johnson you know this is his regular projection we have but uh here's his 90th percentile projection so that's going to give you a good idea on his ceiling and you can do that for all the other players so i think that should be a really cool tool to help visualize the type of plays you want to make in gpps talking to mike leone of dailyroto.com mike if you are a brand new dfs player and you're just you're trying to understand the basics right like i you mentioned 90th, 90th percentile and it was like Head blown, but like, if you're just a, a player that's dabbling in ten bucks or so on a Fanduel or, or something like that, playing at a fifty-fifty, playing a double up, what's the one part of the optimizer that player needs to be like? That this is what I'm looking for. This is how I'm going to win. Well, going back to what Frank asked me, I mean, you really want to sort on value, get a good idea of the slate. And also you can change like toggle our settings. So instead of viewing, like when you first get there, there's a lot of fields because we've made it customizable. If you're very casual, you know, you don't want to be looking at all these fields. You don't really care to change things. You want to go with our default projection. So set it on basic. That view is going to give you the team total, the spread of the game. Uh, some basic information to help you decide, okay, you know, I want to check this player, uncheck this player. And then honestly, the best thing to do is just run uh, some lineups. You can just quit. You can go there right away, just hit run and, and just run our default optimal lineups and sort of sift through them, see which guys you're comfortable with, not comfortable with, go back, maybe take some guys out, increase some projections. But in general, if you're a casual player, you know, just taking advantage of that value column, those default projections. Drew and I put a ton of time into those each week. Um, I mean, it, it's a really, it's a long process and we're making sure we don't miss anything. We're making sure everything makes sense. So utilizing those default projections, I think is going to give you a lag up right away. Even if you don't want to get into all uh, the different customizable features that can be overwhelming if you're just making a single lineup for a 50-50 game. Well, something that, something, yeah, it is overwhelming and, and I'm glad you brought that up. But it's funny because... What I've never understood, and I do it, I am completely in the wrong of doing so. When I've used Daily Roto in the past, and it optimizes me a lineup, and it, whether it's basketball, whether it's football, whatnot, it optimizes me a lineup. Like, wh why shouldn't I just be like, all right, I'm going to plug that in, and I'm going to win? Like, whenever I put my own opinions in it, we're like, I don't want Spencer Dinwiddie in my lineup, and I pull him out because it keeps giving it to me. Like, isn't that going against everything that you're trying to? Telling me, like, hey, this is what the optimizer says. I know I'm, I'm not comfortable with it, but isn't that kind of the point? Like, hey, this knows better than I do. Yeah, that's a really good question. And I do think there are some reasons why you wouldn't want to just hit run and just use that lineup without thinking. Like, hopefully that's going to be a pretty good lineup because that is our best lineup from the projections. Right. But, you know, there's ranges of outcomes for players. Um, you might not feel... Like, let's say we've got Mark Ingram in the lineup, you know, once he returns from suspension, he's in our optimal lineup and you don't think he's going to jump in right away and play the snaps that we think he's going to play. There's things like that that you want to consider. And I think utilizing the additional content we're going to have, you know, we're talking a lot about the optimizer, but we're going to have an article. We're going to have a podcast. We're going to have lineup alerts, different things like that where Drew and I and Ricky Sanders, Chris Pacheco, we're going to talk through 
you know, what are the risks to this player's workload, their volume this week? And um, there's little things like that that you can't capture in a single number in the projection. Uh, and if you go through the optimals, you'll see the top 10 optimals, for example, the difference in projected points, it's going to be really thin. So I think that's why you wouldn't want to go and just take that first lineup without thinking. And that's one of the things Drew and I, had, you know, a couple of years ago in the industry, we were reluctant to start doing an optimizer because we want people to think for themselves. We want people to have a hand in the type of lineups they're making. So uh, there's still, I think, a good marriage between trusting the projections we have, but still having some of your own influence, your own input on the lineups without getting too far away from that optimal lineup. It's funny, Frank, because I think that's it, what Mike's talking about when it comes to Daily Roto. I, I think that's a lot of uh, what we see in, in real life, too, which I think is pretty cool. Like, baseball is all about numbers, right? It's all about the shifts and, and data. And there's a lot of people screaming, like, look with your eyes. Like, you can see certain things. And I think the combination always works. And I think you can say the same thing in basketball and football, that you want to use a combination of data and what it's telling you and, and, and your own eyes. Mark Ingram being a fine example. He comes back in week five. The optimizer may say, listen, here's what the optimal Mark Ingram will do. But then you're like, wait a minute. Maybe he doesn't get the 20 carries that the number's probably telling you. And I think that is, and, and as Leone says, these things are razor thin, like the optimal lineup, the optimal running back, maybe just percentage points, a, a difference between Mark Ingram and the next guy. That's probably where your own yeah. brain comes in, which is interesting. Yeah. And, yeah, and obviously, as I said, we're, we're putting a lot of time to these. We think we're doing a really good job. But like I'm looking at our week one projections for right now. And on FanDuel, we've got David Johnson at 22.4 FanDuel points, Le'Veon Bell at 22.5. Sure. So, you know, the, the optimizer spits out Le'Veon Bell. It's not like uh, we have a crystal ball. We see the future and Le'Veon Bell is going to outscore David Johnson by 0.1. And therefore you should play Le'Veon Bell over David Johnson. So I think what the optimizer does a really good job of is sort of setting up that roster construction for the week, you know, how you should attack your rosters. But there's still going to be a decision point to be made. So, yeah, you want to pay up for one of these top stud running backs, but there's two or three that project really closely. And that's where, uh, you know, you want to use your own knowledge, your own feelings on how things, maybe some additional research you've done to decide, OK, I'm actually going to play David Johnson and not Le'Veon Bell. And I think that's a really good point to what Leone just said is, you know, maybe you take the optimizer, the optimal lineup that they give you and you kind of use that as a template, right? Like, there'll be a few guys in there that you'll say, okay, even if these guys are chalky, I know I want these guys in my lineup. This is what the optimizer is telling me to do. And then you go in, you tinker a little bit, you make, you know, adjustments uh, based on, you know, whatever it might be, gut feeling. You know, we do that a lot throughout the season-long process as well. It's, yeah, we will try and put you in the, the best position to succeed. We will tell you uh, who you think you should start that week. But ultimately, it comes down to you as well. Like, if you have a gut feeling, uh, there's something that you think you know that we don't, you go out there and you make your own decision ultimately as well. So I think the same thing applies for DFS. Leone, I, I just wanted to ask you about this function. It looks really awesome, by the way. It's the team stacks function. It's in the it's in the top right here uh, of the optimizer. And, you know, you have team total. You have the line for the game. Uh, there's a min. There's a max for this team stacks function. What is the best way to use that function when making lineups throughout the season? Yeah, so I think right now the best way to use that is more if you want um, – let's say a team like New England has a really high team total and you know, you're not getting New England guys in your lineup. Uh, I think the best way to use this is to force 
a minimum of one or two Patriots in your lineup and make lineups that way. As far as the actual stacking, I like to set up those groups that I mentioned. Um, we're still working with this team stacks setting here. So I, I use it more as just a limit. It's like I want at least one Patriot at all my lineups or, you know what, Cleveland's, you know, they're an underdog. They're on the road. You know, I don't want any Cleveland guys in my lineup. So set the max to zero there. Or, you know, maybe the the optimizer spitting out three guys from a team and, you know, you think that caps your ceiling too much. You can set the max amount of players on a team to two. So I use it more as like roster construction limits than I do as actual stacking right now as we're tweaking that. And then I use the groups to sort of set up my stackings or I use the generic stack settings. We have, uh, if you click, you know, to the right of that on the top right also, there's settings and you can say, okay, I want to stack my QB with one, two receivers or one receiver, one tight end or one receiver from the same team, one receiver from the opposite team. Um, that's more what I'm using to set the stacks. But Frank, you brought up a good point about GPPs. And one other thing that's cool is we're gonna have ownership projections on Source Fantasy Collected does them for us. Um, they did it for, them, for us last year. They're going to do it again for us this year. And that's going to be something that you can actually use as an input in the optimizer where you can say, I don't want the total ownership of my entire team to be greater than, let's say, you know, 80% or something like that. So as you said, you might see an optimal lineup and say, OK, here's a few guys that I like, even though they're chalky. Well, if you use this max public ownership setting, that's going to naturally force you to say, okay, even if you take a couple chalky guys, you're going to need a couple low-owned guys that rate well. So I think that's a really cool feature to help you make a GPP lineup utilizing the projections but not getting too chalky. And I think that, that that's actually a really, really cool feature yeah, that Daily awesome. Roto is offering um, to try to listen in a GPP. You know you're going to have to do something different, and, and they're giving you that option, which is really, really cool. Yeah, for sure. I mean... I I think the hard part in GPP too, though, is where's that balance between he's chalky, but he's a good play versus I need to differentiate and be contrarian. Um, you know, it, it's this teeter totter and you're always trying to figure out the balance there. And that sort of naturally gives you that balance by just saying, okay, for the whole lineup, I don't want it to be, you know, over a hundred percent owned because that, you know, once we get past that, that's too chalky. But that'll still say, okay, this guy's 30% owned, but he's such a good value. You know, he's going to get into your lineup, and then we're just going to fill around with a bunch of guys that are more like 5 to 10% owned that are good value. So it helps you strike that balance in a way that's not arbitrary, where sometimes when we think of it ourselves, we, we come up with arbitrary decisions, which is something you want to try to avoid. Yoni, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned contrarian. I got to ask you, as the Buffalo Bills fan, how often are you going to have Josh Allen and Kelvin Benjamin stack in your lineup? Oh, uh, there's a good chance that that number is zero. <laughs> I've become, I've gone from the guy that was optimistic every year we're going to make the playoffs. Now I'm the guy all my friends hate. So I'm like, we're going four and 12. Uh, it's not, it's going to be ugly. So I don't know how you feel about your Jets. Uh, I feel like there might be some more stack ability there, but we'll see. Yeah, it should be an interesting year in the AFC East. I will say this, you know, from the draft until now, you got to feel a little bit better about Josh Allen, I'd say. I feel better. But it's also this weird situation where he's avoided making some really bad plays other than that one clip everyone saw. And I think that's a positive. Both his touchdown throws have been, I mean, lights out. Like, that's why you're drafting him for the arm, uh, the mobility that he can make that we saw in both his touchdown throws. But at the same time, everyone's kind of going nuts, and he's at five and a half yards per attempt. And it's like, you know, maybe let's let's pump the brakes a little bit, see what happens when the real games start. So, Leone, uh, we got about a minute left. Um 
I want to remind everybody, go to dailyroto.com uh, right now. What's the, what's the promo code can they use, Mike? FNTSY is going to give them 10% off. And as I said, we also got that free trial. So throughout full round with the optimizer, now is a great time. We have a Slack channel too. So you can leave comments in the Slack channel when you sign up and interact with other people and kind of talk through the issues you're having. And so we're ready to help you. What's really cool about that, Leone's very responsive on Slack. So like I, I send a Slack, like pretty immediately he responds. I can't say the same for Drew, but like Leone, he's right on there. So you'll get a response from him. There you go. Mike Leone, DailyRoto.com. We appreciate it, man. Use the promo code FNTSY. You can choose the optimizer. Uh, Check it out for free. There's a free NFL trial going on right now. You get 10% off when you use the promo code FNTSY. Thanks, Mikey. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. All right, there you go. Uh, DFS Dish, by the way, the Daily Roto guys, Wednesday nights here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network and YouTube. By the way, more auction coverage and analysis next. Are you between the ages of 13 and 22 and love fantasy football? Then GM Genius is for you. GM Genius is the only fantasy football scholarship competition giving students a chance to play fantasy football and pay for your education. GM Genius won FSTA's Rookie of the Year Award in 2017 and has already awarded over $25,000 in scholarships. Go to GMGenius.com today and turn your fantasy football love into a scholarship. We should have made. We could have made this an option for the opening, dude. Sounds like another copyright. That seems like an issue. Yeah, <laughs> that was a fair question to ask, Leonie, right? Yes, absolutely. One hundred percent. I was thinking. I, was, I didn't do it. You probably were going to. do it. Well, I was definitely going to ask him to bring the dog into the shot. <laughs> when I found out it wasn't his dog, that was an issue. Yeah. All right. He's going to have to get that settled. All right, we're back to my auction now. <laughs> What? I, you, it's no, not, no, it's fine. I, I it's think the it's, wasted. All right, we're going to go back to my auction. I, I think it's pretty informative. No, it is. It is for sure. It's because we haven't done much auction stuff. I'm not telling you, oh, guy goes in the first round. Like, this is this is hard. Yeah. So, so uh, a listener from my league actually texted me. I wrote down a price wrong. AJ Green did not go for 52. He went for 42, which means I had that tier right. The only thing I did wrong was everybody else had Devontae Adams in that tier rather than the next one. That was where I wrote so, wrong. So, AJ Green at 42, but that goes back to what we said, though. You said Keenan Allen got... 55. He was nominated last of that group. Yeah. So there you go. Once again, what we always say is if you know where the cutoff of that tier is, that elite wide receiver tier, who, you know, we'll talk about it the rest of this week, but those are the first and second round wide receivers. Keenan Allen, if he's the last one nominated, you know that that's the guy. And that's why ultimately he ended up going for $55. So for me, the wide receivers, and again, talking about it all this week, as Frankie just said, I really love the wide receiver three tier. Robert Woods, Manny Sanders, Jameson Crowder, Robbie Anderson, uh, Funches, Goodwin. That, these six guys are like, I wanted all of them, right? And instead of just, and I know it's so hard to do, and I couldn't do it, just waiting. Just waiting for all of them to come on the board and don't spend anything else. I didn't. And every one of those guys, Robbie Anderson went for the most by a lot. Robbie Anderson went for 13 bucks. Okay. The rest of them went for seven or less. And all those guys, I think, have potential to be wide receiver twos. Yeah, so uh, normally, you know, if Robert Woods is in that area, then most of those guys should have been at least over 10. I would say between 10 and 15 bucks is where those players should have lived. Here's what I'll say, Greg, about what you did. And I do agree, auction is so tough because you have to be aggressive and patient at the same time, which is like one of the hardest things to balance while you're inside of an auction. And, you know, you'll you'll admit this, and I think um, we agree on this, is that, you price and force Odell Beckham 
I think you can price enforce, but not an elite level player. When you already have an Antonio Brown, I don't think you can price enforce at the same position like over 50 bucks. And I think you'll admit yeah. that as well. You probably would have wanted uh, an elite running back or something like that. But look where the values came. A.J. Green, Devontae Adams. Again, what I will say is that maybe don't jump in on the first guy, but if you know smack daddy in the middle of a tier that one of these guys are getting thrown out, I think that is the time to pounce and kind of jump in. I think that's where you get a lot of value. And then if you wait later on, this is where the patience comes in, you get those wide receiver threes for nothing. But what it, what it, nothing. I think what it's really hard to do is just, normally if I would have grabbed the Antonio Brown early, I would have waited for another deal. Not another deal. I would have waited for another player to be probably, let's say, under 50 bucks, right? Ideally. If I would have waited on every one of those running backs who I thought went for essentially too high, maybe I would have gotten in on a David Johnson or Ezekiel Elliott. I, I might have. But if I waited around and I thought all these guys were too, going for too much, then you get closer to that fine line of being too patient. Mm-hmm. And you're not being aggressive enough. And as I said to, Pete, I said to the person that was drafting next to me, who, whose team wound up fine, when Devontae Freeman was, I thought, the last running back on the board, he had nobody. He hadn't drafted a single player. I'm like, it's great that you have the most money left. But like, who are you waiting for? And it worked out really well for him because he got Devontae Freeman and DeAndre Hopkins. All right? that was a, that's a fine combination. That's a first and second round pick. Mm-hmm. And that worked out totally well for him. And like, would I rather have that? Maybe. Like, that's something I definitely put on par with what I did. But because if he did what he did, he spent $98. I spent 110 and it's only $12. But when you had that $12 earlier... That's the Robbie Anderson right there. That's Robbie Anderson right that's there. It. It, it, it's something like that. And he was able to go spend um, a little bit more on like a wide receiver two and a little bit more on an RB2. And, and it worked it out really up, well. It's $5 here, $5 there, you know? Ex- exactly. Those, 13, those $12 savings that you didn't have. And I'm, I'm going to look at his team right now because... Oops, click the wrong one. Sorry about that. Uh, so he winds up, he spent a lot on Amari Cooper, which I wouldn't have done. And he spent, let's say, 22 on a Derrick Henry, which I, I just didn't have. So that was what he was able to do, what I didn't. And I think it was really interesting. And Marquise Lee, another one of these guys I found in this area that he was able to spend the extra dollar on that I couldn't. And it, and it hurt. Now, not to say I didn't execute part of my plan. Like, I, I had money. It was how I decided to spend it. I wound up going... Because given that I had these two elite wide receivers and I had Jordan Howard, who is a second-round running back, I could have... We know running back falls off really quickly. And I could have just said, screw it, and just kind of waited. But normally when you wait for that last guy, Keenan Allen being the example, it goes for a lot of money. What I should have done in hindsight is just waited on Marshawn Lynch. Because Marshawn Lynch was the last guy. I thought everybody was saving their money for Marshawn Lynch. $5. Marshawn Lynch went for $5. Yeah, $5. There were two guys left at the time. With three guys left, Jarek McKinnon, Mark Ingram, and Marshawn Lynch. And I thought they were going to all go for around the same amount. Probably like 15 bucks. So Jarek so Jarek McKinnon, I'm sorry, was a little it was before Jordan Howard. Because mm-hmm. I had him above. He went for $31. Now, should I have done that instead of Jordan Howard, 45 No. You hate Jarek McKinnon. I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm basically bidding one-on-one against somebody else. And I thought that that was a really good price for him. I wound up going with Howard. So then, as I'm looking at the running backs left, there was Royce Freeman, there was Marshawn Lynch, and there was Mark Ingram. That, those were the three. Okay. And, and those ru- are like round four, round five-ish. They're, those are middle-round running backs. Exactly. Yeah. So those are the three guys that were left. So Royce Freeman, I'm in the bidding for this. He goes for 22. I had him projected at 19. So it wasn't that over. It was mm-hmm. pretty accurate. Okay. I let it go. I think I'll get a better price, hopefully, on Ingram or Lynch. Then Ingram comes up. 
And I'm like, I really wanted to spend under 20 bucks for him, ideally. But I, so I bid 19. Someone else bids, I'm sorry. He bids 19. I'm like, all right, 20 is a scary number. I'll do the extra dollar of what I wanted to do. I put it on 20. He then goes to 21. I'm like, what do I do? Do I do this with Mark Ingram or do I wait for Marshawn Lynch? I hope that works out. I wound up spending the extra dollar on Ingram, got him. Lynch doesn't go for like another half hour and costs nothing. Oh, man. Nothing. Carry on Johnson costs nothing. $5 also. I could have had Lynch and Carry on Johnson and Isaiah Crowell all for the price that I paid for Mark Ingram. Give me that depth over that one guy. And, of course, the Mark Ingram. Then I said, I got to go out and make sure I get Jamal Williams. That was part of the CBS plan. We talked about it last week, and I love the plan. So I spent six bucks getting Jamal Williams. So essentially, that one guy cost me $28. And $28 would have given me Derrick Henry. How much did Alex Collins go for? I'm glad you asked. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Greggy. <laughs> You know, tell me this. you know there's always one pick in the I'm draft. I'm going to say he went for under $20. There's always one pick in the draft where you sit and laugh. Oh, no. Did you not read your text messages or you're just playing along right now? I probably didn't read this then. Oh, my God. I love it. All right. Don't look, don't look now. <laughs> I'm not. I, okay. I don't have my phone up there. So you're playing. You're, okay. I might have read it at some point. I was like half hungover when you were texting me. All good. So there's always that one play where you're just like, oh, my God. Like you couldn't believe it. And again, there are some prices that maybe I went a little bit over. Some people go a little bit over. That's fine. How much do you think Alex Collins should have went for? Now, again, I have Alex Collins, my 17th ranked running back. One spot behind Derrick Henry. I know you disagree with that. I think he's like your 15th ranked running back. Henry went for how much? 28. Mixon went for 31. I'll give you a range. McKinnon went for 31. I'll say Alex Collins should go for between 25 and 30. Okay. I had him as a $19 player for me. Over 40 bucks. 40 bucks? Yeah. He went for more than McKinnon, more than Mixon. He went you for two dollars less. You got Jordan Howard for forty-five. Yeah, he went for two dollars less than AJ Green. Just equate that's like round value. People are people in your draft valued Alex Collins like a high. Well, at least at least one guy early did. third round pick. At least one guy did. Exactly right. I like him in the third round. I'm not spending forty dollars on Alex Collins. All those wide receivers that are going in the third round: Thielen, Hilton, Diggs, Fitz, Tyreek Hill, Doug Baldwin, all less. Every one of them. How much they go for? Like range. about. about Average of $33. Seven dollars less. That range, if I you know it's crazy. You get two of those guys, like get rid of Odell Beckham. If yep. I can get two of Hilton Thielen, like, oh my God, that's awesome. Get rid of Antonio Brown. If I can get Ezekiel Elliott and then get two of Hilton and Thielen, that's a really nice start. Yeah, so this kind of you're painting the picture right now for people. This is what it looks like when you do well, you can read your full lineup. But this is what it looks like when you go stars and scrubsy, which you didn't. It wasn't the plan. It wasn't the plan. Ultimately, and that's what it ended up being. To me, it looks like if I would have in this draft, the prices I dictated, I would have loved to have had, let's say, like the fourth overall pick, where I can get Ezekiel Elliott, T.Y. Hilton in the second, Adam Thielen in the third, and then it's an auction, so I can get whoever I want later on. Mm-hmm. If I could start with, let's say, those three guys, and then throw in another running back at another running back, Eric Henry. I don't know if I have twenty eight dollars to spend. Yeah. But I get another. I get another running back like um, even Mark Ingram with twenty two dollars. Like that's Show okay. Went for six bucks or five bucks, whatever it was. It's crazy. It's crazy. Oh man! So because of my stars and scrubs, scrubs strategy, where I have Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham, Jordan Howard, Jamal Williams is my starter right now because I don't have Mark Ingram. I had basically one large bid left. One bid where I was willing to be able to go up over one dollar. 
And I was deciding between, do I use it on Robert Woods? Or do I use it on the last great tight end I thought was left in Kyle Rudolph? And I know you love Kyle Rudolph, and I love Kyle Rudolph. And I did it. And I did my max bid of $6 at the time on Rudolph. And I got him. And because of that, every other player I was going to have to take was going to be $1. And I took that's the a, shot. And that's a tough feeling, depending on where you are in the draft. Right. How many roster spots you have left. So. so my starting lineup right now, and I don't care about quarterback. I spent a dollar on each of my quarterbacks. I got Alex Smith, who everybody knows I like. I got Patrick Mahomes. One safe guy and one guy there that... There you go. That's what you said. Frank, the Frank strategy. I like it. There's nothing wrong. I love it. Nothing wrong with those two guys. Uh, the successor, too. Exactly. Patrick, Ma- both Patrick Mahomes guys. to Alex Smith. So I got both of those guys in my lineup. Um, one of the quarterbacks in my lineup. Speaking of which... Yeah. Did you see the Patrick Mahomes bomb over the weekend? Awesome. <laughs> Dude, it was in the air for 70 yards. Amazing. That's so, insane. So I got Patty Mahomes, Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham, Jordan Howard, Jamal Williams, Kyle Rudolph. Like Those starters, no problem. Pretty good. Yeah. I'm very happy with that. Depth is probably scary. It's very scary. Yeah. Very, very scary. So my flexes. <laughs> for those listening at home, uh, Greg just buried his head in his hands. We're going with Fat Rob right now? Starting running back, Fat Rob? It could be worse. Starting running back? Starting running back. I moved him up into my 30s in RB ranking. So. All right. Uh, where's Jordan Wilkins? Because he's my other flex. He's also in my 30s. Okay. Two top 40 running backs is your flex. That's off. not terrible. Not terrible. Not ideal, but not terrible. But that's Stars and Scrubsy. That's Stars and Scrubsy. Mm-hmm. That's Stars and Scrubsy. The rest of the bench, got Geronimo Allison. Maybe one of those guys get hurt. Um, Mark Ingram's obviously on the bench right now. My last pick was Mike Wallace, because Alshon Jeffrey made that start the season. Maybe he starts on Pup. Okay. Take a shot there. Dollar player. Yeah. Um, Dollar and, make you holler. And, and, that, and that was it. And I have, I actually, we have an IR spot, so I used a, I used a dollar on Rashard Matthews, threw him on IR, never know. Um, then I'll pick up somebody else. And, and that's kind of the bench. Listen, I need some wide receiver depth. I don't have any of it. But I need Jordan Wilkins to pop in a major way. Otherwise, I don't really have the training pieces. I'm going to be very active on Fab. Uh, and that's it. And with that, it's time to sign off YouTube. Unfortunately, as we said, with the new time slot, uh, we cut off five minutes early on YouTube. The Frenzy will go for the full hour starting uh, at, in five minutes from now. So look forward to that. Frank and I on YouTube back tomorrow at our new time, 12 p.m. Eastern. If you're listening, listening live on the podcast or live on the radio, uh, we're not going anywhere for the next five minutes. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you, your preparation for the auction. So you just show up to your auction with, um, like, prices? That's Is that all you show up with? Because... When I do my home auction, Greg, I pretty much write out my positions and I say, here's who I want as my wide receiver one. Here's who I want as my wide receiver two. And I'll put like, maybe again, like I'll put three or four guys and I'll put like a price range, but I'll be realistic throughout. Like I'm going to go into my auction knowing that, okay, this is my rubric and this is what I'm going to try and follow. And I did that pretty much to the T in my, in my home baseball auction this past year. And it worked out pretty well. So that's, do you, do you plan that much before or do you just kind of have an idea of like, all right, these are, these are how I have guys priced and this is what I'm going to try and get? Uh, you know what? I, sometimes I have a plan. Sometimes I have a plan of exactly who I want. Yeah. Sometimes I have a plan of exactly how much I want to spend. It doesn't sound like you had, you didn't did, know exactly who you wanted here. You know what? There, there, was, there was nobody, there was nobody that I, last year I went to the draft wanting Michael Crabtree and Larry Fitzgerald out of the draft. Because those were two guys that I... And Carlos Hyde. Because those were three guys that I felt were undervalued, that were going to be good prices, and always give you back value. I didn't have that this year. I didn't... And people would ask me, who do you want? Who do you want? Like, I thought Leonard Fournette would be a great price. I thought I was going to get him. It didn't happen. 
the morning of, I decided I thought DeAndre Hopkins would be good, and I wound up going in a different direction. There was nobody else I really, really wanted. And there was nobody I was uber passionate about. And, and maybe that's my fault. Oh, it's not maybe. It is my fault. Hmm. But, like, there's nobody I'm banging the table for. I'm like, this is my guy. Like, you, for, for an auction, you're going to the auction, you're getting Alex Collins. And that's totally... he goes for $40, though. <laughs> of course. And that's totally fine. That's your guy. I didn't have that this year. I really, really didn't. And I think you look at the team, it shows. Like, maybe it looks like Mark Ingram was my guy. And I think I have been talking myself into Mark Ingram over the last week or so. Like, I watched uh, the preseason game with the Saints, and, and Sean Payton literally said, all right, we're going to get whoever Mark Ingram's touches. And Mark, and Mark Ingram was giving you back first-round value for a lot of last year. And he was, he's a second-round pick if he's not suspended this year. Absolutely. I don't want to bank on suspended guys ever, even though clearly I am. And the problem with Mark Ingram is he's suspended for four games, he comes back, and they're have a buy in week six, which sucks. But maybe the second half of the year, Mark Ingram's a first-round talent I get back. I don't know. You just got to make it there. You just got to make it there. You just got to make it to uh, to week five uh, with Mark Ingram. Here's what I'll say. Again, if you're going into uh, your homely auction, whatever kind of auction, I'm going to have a list of players and their prices. Like every player who's going to get nominated, I will have a um, an auction price next to their name so I know how much they're going for. And again, I'm going to write out the starting lineup and the bench, and I'm pretty much going to write down a few players at each position. Like I'll yeah. say like my RB1, I'm going to get one of Kareem Hunt or Melvin Gordon. Right. Whichever one goes in the middle, right. whoever's nominated in the middle of that tier, that's who I'm going to jump in on. My RB2, I know I want one of Alex Collins or Derrick Henry, and I'm going to spend you know 25 to 30 bucks. And if those guys go for more than that, um, or... If they go for more than that, then I'm going to pivot and I'll know, all right, I'll have a few backup options, whether it's Marshawn Lynch, whoever, who is a little bit lower, but I know what his price should be. That's ultimately how I'm going to attack my option, uh, my auction. And I think it's, it's been pretty effective thus far. Yeah, it, that, that is. And, but, but for me, like, I want to have every option on the table. Like, I like all these guys, and then I don't need a Melvin Gordon or a Kareem Hunt. I'll take whoever. Unfortunately, I just I didn't see the prices coming. Like, I usually have this strategy where I'm staring at the prices for the most part, and when I read the market wrong, as I did yesterday, this is the outcome, ultimately. Um, I know Max uh, is probably going to listen at some point, and he'll want all of your thoughts on his team. So, Max, if you'd like to listen. The guy can, who was making fun of my hair? Yeah. All right. You can reach out. You well, can, his team sucks. You can reach out. To, he, was a Devo- he was actually Devontae Freeman, uh, DeAndre Hopkins' team. That's a pretty nice start. It, it, was, it was a good start. Um, you can reach out to him. Uh, I know a lot of my league members are going to be listening to this. Uh, I appreciate the support. Um, if you have any questions, you can listen to us every day, Monday through Friday, at noon, or download the podcast. Give us uh, a rating on iTunes. Leave a comment. Five stars, the whole five deal. Five star rating. Uh, subscribe. Um, and we appreciate you watching and listening in our new time slot. Uh, it's been an absolute blast. So thank you so much for that. For Frankie Stample, I am Greg Sussman. The Fantasy Football Frenzy comes your way next with Corey Parson, Jim Day, and, of course, the closer, Chris Ventra. We'll do it all again tomorrow with the wide receivers. The first round, the superstars. Who do you want and how much do you pay? We'll let you know tomorrow. We, we hope. hope.